When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is a proud member of the FanHub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with FanHub to put fans first. Search FanHub app to play your part in the journey. You're listening to the Voices of the Vic podcast with Ben Ayton and Mike Duffy. This episode contains some strong language. Hello and welcome to the Voices of the Vic podcast with me, Mike Duffy and Ben Ayton as always. And we're here to talk to you about another defeat, unfortunately, for the Hornets. This time at the hands of Wolverhampton Wanderers at Vicarage Road. Wolves run out 2-0 winners uh, on Saturday, the 11th of September, unfortunately. And uh, as I said at the top of the show, here to talk about it with me is Ben Ayton. Now, Ben, before we go into the... um, the, the game itself. How have you been? I, I know you've been away uh, on a little holiday with your family. So how's everything been with you, bud? Yeah, all good, mate. Um, yeah, it was my daughter's first birthday last Monday. So we went to Butlins, Bognor Reed, just for the week, um, which was lovely. Nice to spend time with her. Uh, I must admit, a couple of days I wanted to come back home because she was causing <laughs> a lot of issues. Um, she's a one-year-old going on about a three-year-old at the moment. The tantrums are finally set in and I can't wait for them to leave already. Um, she's she's hard work. Um, we're recording this podcast slightly later than normal because she just wouldn't go to sleep tonight, and she's just <laughs> <laughs> we've been pulling her hair out. But she's um, she's got a big old personality on her, and she's, yeah, she's hard work. But yeah, love her to bits. I just can't believe she's won, mate. Uh, mate, I I like when we were talking about it. Like you was like, oh, Hoyler's going to be one in however many weeks, and I was like, I can't believe how quickly that has gone. Um, it's, well, it's you remember absolutely... we was recording a podcast, weren't we? And um, James had to step in uh, from Watford Way because, yeah, um, yeah uh, my missus went into labour. I think it was for the Middlesbrough home game last year, wasn't it? For the first home game of the season in the Championship. That's when it happened. Yes, um, yeah, I think it was actually. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely mad how crazy a year's just flown by. Um, yeah. Scary. Yeah. How have you been, mate? Busy? Yeah, um, non-stop, flat out really, it's uh, it's absolutely manic at the moment, work's busy, which is good, keeping me out of trouble, uh, and then I was managing at the weekends, um, not the best result for my lads to be honest, I, I had to go, I had to unleash my inner Neil Warnock at full time, um, <laughs> and I, I sort of had a bit of a pop at them. I uh, wasn't happy at all, and I had to come on and play myself, you know, the last 15 minutes, uh, just talking to you before we were recording. I come on as sort of a CDM or that quarterback role, if you like, uh, spraying it about like uh, I don't know. Let's say Etienne Capou, Michael Carrickesque. Yeah, Michael Carrickesque, exactly. Yeah. So um, yeah, that that was an eye opener uh, for various reasons. Um, but yeah, no. Um, other other than that, it's log say it's just been absolutely manic. Unfortunately, didn't get to watch a game yesterday. I was, um, as I say, I was managing and. Um, they sent us over to bloody Staffordshire, and there's a few Wolves fans on the um, on the opposition team actually. So, uh, shame we couldn't hang on for a win because I could have given them a bit of stick in the uh, in the clubhouse afterwards. But hey ho, never mind. Um, ben, let's start with the let's start with the team news. And when the team news was announced, Ben, I, I saw you pop the tweet out on your personal account, and I think everyone else sort of had the same reaction. That's exactly the team news we were looking for. And the, the, the team, I'll just read it out now, it was Backman in goal. And it, it was Rose, Sierra, Trusta, Kongan, and Gakia. Sissoko, Kuchka, uh, Etobo. I'm having an absolute mare here. Kuchka and Etobo, sorry. Uh, and then Dennis, King, and Saar. Um, that, that was the team. Ben, in terms of team selection, I don't think that could have been any more spot on, do you? 
I think it was it it was definitely our strongest lineup of the, the season. Um, I think the only addition that you maybe would add to it if they were fully fit would possibly Kiko Femini and Joel Pedro. I think they're, they're the only other two strong players that you're wanting to get back into the starting lineup. But I think everyone was thrilled just to see that um, we've sorted out the fullback issues. Um, everyone wanted Messina to come out of the side for Danny Rose. People wanted Ngakia to actually get a chance ahead of um, a centre-back playing at right-back Craig Cathcart. Um, and then we've, we've carried on with playing with the front three. Um, but everyone pretty much wanted and then the midfield free picks itself as well um because two fan wasn't going to start after just arriving back from the international duty f- with turkey so yeah no complaints really exciting um starting lineup it just it didn't didn't turn out that way um can't really put my finger on it really um i think maybe the midfield free are all a bit too samey samey and we haven't got that creativity in that midfield free yeah, well, we were just talking before we we started recording, and you were saying that we're missing that sort of player that's looking to drop deep and maybe carry the ball forwards, dropping deep, receiving the ball, carrying it forward, linking up with our attackers, and you know, like uh, Abdullah Decore towards Etienne Capu, Will Hughes, to to name someone that's, um, that's recently left the club, um, and Ben, obviously being there, that you sort of said within the first fifteen minutes. It was evident that we needed that because Wolves, Wolves were the, the the team in the driving seat, weren't they? Yeah, we struggled to get our foot on the ball. It was all Wolves. We couldn't really get out of our own penalty box. It was a very slow start from Watford. Um, the only time we did have the possession was when it was the triangle at the back. It was Daniel Batman, Truce, Econ and Sirialto. It was it was very slow yesterday, very sluggish. Very um, there was not not much tempo. Um, I don't like all these short. Um, goal kicks. I know that they changed the rules a couple of years back, and now everyone wants to play out the back like Barcelona or um, Arsenal back in the day. But it doesn't suit Watford. Um, we haven't got the midfielders to drop deep to pick up that ball. Um, like we was just saying, we haven't got the likes of the Corre, Capu, Will Hughes, who are quite comfortable with the ball at their feet and, and quite willing to drop in between the back two just to take that ball forward and set the tempo and get the players up the pitch but we haven't got that um, too many times yesterday for me Peter Itubu kind of went hiding he didn't want to receive that ball um, it was kind of hiding behind the Wolves attackers like Raul Jimenez because um, he just didn't want that to, to receive the ball and that's what this Watford's team's lacking the most for me uh, yes we're missing the creativity in the midfield as well but you need to start the attack from that back line really and if you if your centre-halves are trying to play it out from the back and you haven't got the options in front of you it, you're not going to create chances um, so that was my biggest worry yesterday really um, we haven't got anyone who drops in to help out to pick up that ball yeah absolutely and you know we've we've had a whole transfer window to sort of address that and maybe early signs showed that maybe Etebo was going to be that player uh, that would be able to, you know, link the defence to the attack, so to speak. And it sounds like very much that it's it's not the case. We may be seeing the Peter Etebo that Stoke fans, the, the sides that the Stoke fans warned us about. And that's not what we want to see. And, you know, he picked up a booking early on as well. So whether that had a mental yeah. effect on him, I don't know. It kind of stopped him making the challenges, um, that, that booking. Um, I, I know I've just said about him not wanting to drop deep to pick up the ball, which is correct. But apart from that, he, he did OK. He broke up play quite early on. He was making challenges. There was a few times where he won the ball back and then he did get the ball forward a little bit. But it was just, you need to see him making himself available um, to the back two to try and pick up those balls. But... I do think he's a good player. I'm not saying that he he's not a good player. It's just I think we need someone to play alongside him that possibly would um, drop deeper to get, collect the ball. And maybe that's that Ozan Tufan. Um, maybe he can do that because he did play that deep lining uh, midfielder role at Fenerbahce. Yes, we've seen all his goals that he scored, which have been absolute rockets from outside the box and that. But he he does tend to sit in in front of that back. Um, in front of a back line so hopefully if he he can get himself fully fit um i know it was an unused substitute 
against Wolves. Mm. Um, maybe we might see him at Norwich and hopefully that would help out us starting to get the ball forward a bit more. Yeah, well, well, we'll speak about that Norwich game in a little bit because we, we, we've asked for questions which we'll answer at the end of the pod and uh, I'm sure me and Ben will talk about it. It's quite a big game. I, you know, I hate saying that so early on in the season, but, but it is. Uh, you know, Norwich, the only team in the top four divisions not to pick up a single point yet um, and the next game is against us. So, yeah, uh, no pressure, Watford. But, um, yeah, no, so a, a disappointing start and then... You'd say maybe, I think you were saying to me, about sort of 20 minutes or so into it, we maybe grew into the game a little bit. Uh, Josh King was probably looking the most lively in terms of holding the ball up and everything. Ben, is, is, that, is that pretty much what was going on there? Josh Josh King looking more lively? Um, he, he warmed into the game. He was, he was the one holding the ball up when we did get the ball forward. Um, the game changed once he got substituted. But yeah, we did warm into the game. It was 20 minutes in and I think our first opportunity came from Sissoko. He linked up well with um, Ismail Asar and Sissoko drove into the box and he just unleashed a shot where it was saved by the keeper and went out for a, a corner. So that was a really good opportunity. And then... It was um, Saar and Sissoko combined the game where Saar got in behind the back line and drilled this ball across the, just in front of a six-yard box. And Josh King, it was about a yard in front of him. He, he was stretching, but he, he couldn't get on the end of it. And that was probably the best chance for Watford in that first half. Back for where I was sitting in the rookery, it looked like it was closer than what it actually was. It looked like it was inches um, in front of him but looking back on the highlights it was actually by about a yard or so but yeah that was it was promising we grew into the game I thought the first half was quite even um, not much split in the teams um, we dealt with Truri quite well um, he, he caused problems for the first five minutes um, Ngaki was struggling a little bit but then he was getting a bit more help uh, from other players and then we actually kept um Triori really quiet and dealt with him pretty well, which I was pretty pleased with. Uh, but Wolves' best chance came just bang on half time. It was a lovely ball play through our back in between Danny Rose and Sirialta and Semendo went one on one with Dan Batman and fair play to Dan Batman. He, he stood up for as long as he could and um, the, the ball would just hit him straight on the chest, which was a brilliant save just before half time. It's what you needed. You didn't need to concede just before half time. And yeah, it went in half time nil nil and it was just like, right, okay, game's quite even. Let's go in, regroup and we'll come out and hopefully we can edge it. Um, but we came out and made a substitution really early in the second half and it, it puzzled a lot of Watford fans. Yeah, and that, that substitution that Ben is talking about there, and obviously uh, just to highlight what Ben said, you know that that probably would have done us wonders in terms of Backman making that save uh, just before half time, because everyone knows, you know, you don't want to be conceding a goal just before half time, because it completely throws out the team talk uh, for both managers, uh, one in a good way and one in a bad way. So. Um, yeah, you, you don't want to be conceding right on a stroke half time. So, you know, the lads would have been, you know, relatively satisfied going into the break at nil-nil. Uh, but that substitution that Ben's talking about there, um, Josh King coming off for Chucho. Now, as as you've said, Ben, you know, you don't really associate holding up the ball sort of that play with Chucho Hernandez from what we've seen Already, obviously, we can't comment too much because uh, he's only what three or four games into his Watford career. But to to take off Josh King, who you know was doing so well at holding the ball up and maybe looking at bringing other players in, uh, a bit like a young Troy Deeney would used to used to do. Um, it, it is a little bit puzzling, isn't it? And was that the general reaction around Vicarage Road when that substitution was made? Maybe a few fans were maybe puzzled, were they, Ben, or? Did it just kill the momentum for us going forward? Well, you could see the substitution happening on the side of a pitch. You could see Cisco tell it, giving instructions to Cuco Hernandez. And then whilst that was all happening, Watford got into a really good position. Josh King actually got behind the Wolves back line and he got into a really promising position where he should have maybe had a shot, but he, he, he kind of held the ball up in a box waiting for help to come in um, from his his teammates but unfortunately I think the ball went a bit waywards and then the ball went out of play and it was Josh King's number that flashed up on the um, assistant's fourth official's board and 
Josh King's reaction just summed it all up. He kind of threw his arms up in the air, like saying, "What? why am I getting taken off so early? Like seven minutes into the second half. It was like one of those things where you'd think it was maybe a pre-planned substitution yeah. by Cisco. But for me, he got that totally wrong yesterday. Um, Who you, would you have taken off, Ben? If, if let's say... Uh, I, wouldn't, say I wouldn't have should... taken off anyone at that point. You it wouldn't. was too early into the game. 52 minutes. It was The game was quite even. We, we just got into a really good opportunity um, with Josh King. I wouldn't have made any substitutions until the 60th, 65th minute. But yeah. I don't think you would have maybe taken off Josh King and that. I thought Kuka was pretty anonymous yesterday. If anything, I would have changed a player in the midfield and maybe brought on Tom Cleverley just yeah. to bring a bit more legs in midfield. You know what Tom Cleverley brings to this Watford side? And mm-hmm. we missed that workhorse yesterday in the midfield. I thought on midfield, was, there wasn't much energy there. So Psycho brought... First half, he was good. Um, he brought a lot of energy, but second half, it kind of died down. And that's when I would have introduced the legs of Tom Cleverley. So, but if yeah, if I was to make a change, the first substitution for Watford, it would have to inject in a bit of bit of passion and workhorse from um, Tom Cleverley. I wouldn't have taken off Josh King. King's one of these players who I think he needs a bit of confidence. Um, yeah, he's been I, messed I, around at Everton, hasn't he? So... Yeah, and he's not played football for a, a long time either, has he? Like you say, he got missed about at Everton, um, didn't really play much, and then he's came to Watford and he's, he's been subbed after 52 minutes. And I, I just felt it was a wrong decision, for wrong substitution, for wrong timing. I just thought Cisco he, he got that wrong yesterday, and I think he got a few, free, a few things wrong yesterday as well. Yeah, and again, pointing to the questions that we've received, we will be talking about maybe Cisco's future at the club, if you like. And, you know, if there is on the off chance any, you know, neutrals listening to the podcast, they'll be thinking, surely Watford aren't thinking about getting another manager. But we'll, we'll get <laughs> on to that. But um, just a little bit of an interesting, um, well, not interesting fact, but some clarification on the pronunciation of a name of one of our players. So here's something weird. And the, the I almost forgot, but you mentioned his name, uh, Kucha there. Um bit weird. I was in Solihull last night having a few beers, as you do, after the football, uh, with a few of the football lads. And um, You're going to tell me you bumped into a Slovakian? Uh, bumped into two Slovakians in the middle of Solihull. <laughs> How random is that? There was like, they were asking us about this uh, nightclub and I think one of them had been refused entry because of his trainers and he was asking us if any of the other places would let him in with the trainers and it was quite clear that they weren't English. Uh, they were speaking in broken English, and we asked where they were from, and they said Slovakia. And <laughs> typical me, conversation started straight away. <laughs> first thing that springs to mind, I'm like, I says, I, I said, oh, I'm a Watford fan. I'm a Watford fan. And my mates were killing themselves, laughing, saying, "Why? How is that relevant?" I says, "No, no, no." <laughs> I got my phone out. I went onto Kucha's picture, and straight away they said, and I was, I said, Juraj Kucha. There was like, no, no, it's Uri. Kushka. So that is the official Kushka. pronunciation. Uri Kushka. Um, did the, one of the guys wouldn't let me leave until I got it right because I kept <laughs> saying it wrong still. But I had had a few beers, so that's probably why. Uh, but yeah, that really, really random story. And again, sort of off the off the beaten track a bit there with, with the conversation. But um, you saying his name just reminded me that I bumped into two Slovakians in uh, Solihull High Street on uh, on Saturday evening. What so, an uh, eventful Saturday evening for you, honestly, mate. Honestly, mate, I was like, I couldn't believe my luck. I thought, they're going to know who this guy is. And I says, good player, good player. And I was, they, they really, really liked him. So, um, yeah, a little bit of an interesting story for you there. If you uh, if you <laughs> want to know about Euro Kucha, then uh, Kushka, sorry, then... You know, hang about Sully Old High Street in the early hours of the morning uh, and, and you'll be all right. I wonder if they ever did get into a... We told them to get try and get into Yates Club, um, but this guy had trainers on. So, yeah, I wonder if they ever did get in. Anyway, moving on, because we could, I could literally go off on a tangent completely here. Um, yeah, that substitution sort of killed the game. And Ben, I think you were saying to me before that that sort of opened the door for Wolves to grow into the game more and more, didn't it? And, you know, 74 minutes on the clock, 
a short corner routine from Wolves and unfortunately Sirielta can't find his feet and he's a bit muddled and everything else and uh, pops it into his own, own net. Something like that was bound to happen, wasn't it? You know, all this will he play, will he, will he not play or we need him, we need him, it's, it's imperative that we play and we get the nods that he can play because of the quarantine rules, etc, etc and he goes and scores a no goal. But, uh, but Ben, yeah, they, they grew into that the, the, the game then and, and from there on in, it, it, it looked like it was only one winner, didn't it, Ben? It did, yeah. It was just Watford's luck, really, yesterday. Watford tried about 15 short corners in that first half. First half <laughs> I second saw you tweet about that. Yeah, I'm not a fan <sighs> of short corners at all. You know what? I don't mind short corners. If, if you try it once you, and it doesn't work, you just bend the idea and you move yep. away from it. Watford were just persistent. Every short corner. You get the big players up from the back. You get Serie to Trusicon into the box. And it's like, okay, let's put a decent ball into a box. Oh, short corner. And for short corners, they just, it always ends getting cleared because someone ends up twi- uh, standing on the ball or something, or Wolves get the ball back. And it, oh, it's one of my pet hates in football is short corners. Yeah. Nothing really comes of it apart from if you're a Wolves um, fan. Um, <laughs> yeah, it worked Watford. yesterday for them. Um, they, they caught Watford out. Watford was sleeping there. Um, it was a slow reaction from actually Dennis. He was the closest guy to the. Um, the, the corner being taken, um, he reacted slowly to it, and then it was a really good ball into a box. And I, I, I think someone was standing in front of Sirielta. He maybe misjudged the flight of the ball, couldn't really readjust his foot in, and it it was in the back of the net. And it, like you say, we, we was fighting hard to try and get him to start. Maybe maybe his head wasn't really fully into it. Maybe he didn't know if he was going to start or not. How do you how do you kind of prepare for that? Do you did Watford try and train, do training sessions with Sirielta out of the side just in case he couldn't play, or did they play him in the training sessions? Um, I'm not sure. I don't want to say his head wasn't fully in it yesterday because Bob Bob for two goals. I thought up to the 70 minutes. I thought him and Truce Econ was having really good game I thought they were both defensively fine and then it was just I think the the only goals hit him a bit and then the second goal I'd, I'd maybe pull it down to the Serial to mistake as well well not mistake he kind of he kind of turned his body away from um, the Wolves player when he was getting into a box and that gave him a bit more space to get the ball in along yeah. the six yard box and then it was smothered over the line after the third attempt by the South Korean um he Chin, I think it's called. Um, yeah, Huang He Chan. Yeah. Um, I think it was his first game for Wolves and he signed from uh, RB Leipzig. So, uh, yeah, the dream debut. Well, he's, he's on loan, sorry. He's not permanently signed, but uh, dream debut for the 25-year-old South Korean there. Um, and and that that was it, Ben. That, you know, 2-0, uh, game over. We, we saw another substitution in between the two goals, uh, uh, forgot to mention there, uh, Etebo coming on and, and, and Ben, um, Ken Semmer coming on, you know, we're obviously so used to last season, Ken Semmer bombing down that wing and being such an integral part of that front three uh, and then to see him presumably come on in midfield yesterday, I think he also played in midfield for Sweden in their um, in their friendly, I can't think who they played the other day, uh, but he, he actually got um, a game, I'm just looking here now, uh, they played Uzbekistan uh, and one two one, and he got a full ninety, and he played in the middle uh, mid, mid midfield then as well. In, um, so he came on on the left of the front three yesterday. Um, right. Okay, he looked a bit sloppy when he came on as well. I think there was a few groans when he misplaced a couple of passes as well. Yeah. It's it's not the Ken Semmer that was playing last season. Um, I'm. I'm starting to think that maybe Ken Simmer isn't a Premier League quality player. Um, yeah, I, don't think, I think there I don't... were a few worries about that going into this season, wasn't there? Yeah, I, I've not seen enough from him this season to prove me any any anything wrong. Uh, I don't think he's really shown that he is Premiership class. Um, yeah. I think he is struggling. I think he, he struggled when he came on. I think the Wolves players would maybe double up on him when he was getting the ball like they were. Um, to Dennis and Kuko, whoever was playing on that left-hand side. But, yeah, it's it's a frustrating one. I don't think he's the answer, really. Um, he's not who I would have brought off the bench. Um, and then we, we're we bringing Kuko on 
he was the only stri- striker we had on the bench yesterday. Um, I don't think Ashley Fletch was on the bench, or was he? Um, but I, I would have wanted to change something. We've we've got no plan B. We've got we've got nothing to about us to say we're going to change our game or change the formation during the, the match. It was just samey samey, and it's just yeah. I mean, you you mentioned there. You, there, there was no Ashley Fletcher on the bench. We we had one striker, or yeah, well, one striker. We had Kucha on the bench. You know, the bench was Craig Cathcart, Tom Cleverley, uh, Chucho Hernandez, Rob Elliott, Cabaselli, Luza Messina, Sema, and Tufan. So an influx of midfielders, uh, a couple of defenders thrown in, and then one attacker, uh, which seems very very odd. Maybe I don't know. Uh, does it highlight the lack of? sort of strikers that, that we've got at the club now, you know, after letting Troy go, after letting Andre Gray go and trust him to bloody score on his debut for QPR as well, by the way. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it does worry you a little bit, you know. We we knew that Ashley Fletcher's not going to be, you know, mate, racking up appearances in the Premier League, but you'd at least maybe expecting now that we've had a couple of outgoings that he'd maybe make the bench and this. Uh, I'm not for one minute saying that he's the answer to all of this, but... Um, yeah, it's really hard to see. But when you're looking for a goal and and you need to change it up a bit and maybe just you try give, everything you've got, don't give, you? Yeah, you give your position something different to think about and maybe yeah. put a big man on and try and see if we can win it in the air and get the knockdowns and try and get Sar to feed off him. Um, we didn't do any of that yesterday. I thought all the substitutions were like for like yesterday. Um, nothing saying to me that we wanted to change it. Um, it's disappointing. Wolves is a game where you think minimum one point here. Um, we could definitely take a point. Um, if three points would be brilliant. Um, look, let's not forget Wolves going into the game. They didn't pick up any points so far this season, but no. they played very well in all their games and probably did deserve something out of it. They got a re- really good squad there. Um, they've yeah. got a lot of it, great individual players. Um, it was always going to be a tough game, but I felt we hadn't enough in our squad to possibly get a point out of that. And it's really disappointing to see how the second half we performed. Um, mm. It was very lacklustre. There was no urgency. Um, Cisco's got to take responsibility here. He's he's had all international break to try and possibly work on something. Um, well, I was going to say, Ben, do you think the international breaks maybe had an adverse effect on us? You know, we we... Before the international break, we played so, so poorly against Brighton. And then there was a reaction against Tottenham, albeit we didn't win. But in terms of the way we played, I thought, you know, I think we both agreed there was a reaction. It was it was more positive. And then they plonk an international break in and all momentum's lost. You've got players going all over the world playing. Um, and, you know, well, I'm, I, there, I think there was only a select few, but... You know what I mean? To have an international break, do you think that maybe had had an effect, or do you think, if anything, that should give, as you were saying, Cisco more time to work on other alternatives? I think it's a bit of both, really. Obviously, it's going to hurt not having all your players around to work on stuff, but yeah. I still feel like there's there's enough players there to work on something at least. Um, yeah. I don't know what really goes on in an international break. I don't know how it all works. Um, I imagine a lot of under-23 players would come in as well, wouldn't they? Yes. Because you haven't got other players there. So, OK, yeah, it's, it's probably going to be difficult to try and like change a formation and all that. But um, you would maybe work on some tactics and that. And then the last couple of days, when everyone's back, you could um, work on something then. But it's just... It's just yeah. frustrating because I don't think we've really changed much from the championship um, in our style of play at all. We we knew the Premier League was going to be tougher than the championship, that we didn't really set the world alight in the championship. We we got the results, but we was never really convincing in many games, bar the Bristol City game, really, where we ran away. I, um, I think you're spot on. You know, you look look back at West Brom and you know Leeds the year they won it and. You know, they shone throughout, didn't they? Whereas we started sort of slowly. We had that old stuff with Ivic. Um, and then Cisco come in and we were picking up results. And 
listen, sort of going back to what we used to say last season on the podcast, you do have to grind out results and it's not going to be pretty all the time. But I think you're spot on there, Ben. I, I, I don't think we were convincing most weeks. We picked up the results, but that's not to say that we blew teams away other than a 6-0. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's um, it's interesting. And the, the other point that you made there as well, which is also interesting and, and very, very true, uh, Wolves, I was speaking to a mate of mine who's a Wolves fan and he actually went to the game. And um, I watched them against Manchester United and as you said, Ben, this is their first win they've picked up. But don't, don't be fooled. This Wolves team... Once they were clicking, they were going to batter a team. And luckily for us, it was only 2-0. But I still think they are going to absolutely batter a team. They're going to roll over them. Because this new guy they've got and the, the squad and the system they play, it is really, really dangerous. The, every game they've played, the three games before this game, they've only lost 1-0. I watched them against Manchester United. And if Adama Traore could finish, he'd have had a hat-trick alone. And they've largely battered teams. I was speaking to my mate and he says, we've battered every team we've played. We've just not been able to put the ball in the back of the net, which, as we all know, is, is the biggest and most important thing. And that was a bit like us against Tottenham. We we probably dominated in areas, but we couldn't put the ball in the back of the net. So it's uh, it's not a surprise to Wolves fans that, you know, they, they're playing so well. They just haven't been able to put the ball in the back of the net. And they, they managed to do that twice yesterday. Granted, one was... A big, big help from our Chilean centre-back. But, um, you know, let's not forget that Wolves are a very, very good side. I think, yes, it's frustrating that we haven't picked up a win here. But I think a few people were maybe looking at this as a guaranteed win. Uh, And I don't think you can do that against Wolves. uh, You know, um, so, yeah, definitely always going to be a tough, tough game against Wolves, I think. But... But you've said that Wolves, they're, they're a decent side. They've, those games that they've lost, they've lost by 1 0 and that. Mm. But and they, they didn't score by yesterday's game. Um, yeah. We've not scored now for three league games. Um, yeah. Do you see that as being a, a big worry? Because you need to 100%. take your chances. And we've not really been creating clear cut chances for anyone. Um, um, if you think about it, Dennis scored from a rebound. Um, Sars' goal took a massive deflection of Mings. We only really scored a, a really beautiful goal from Cuco Hernandez. Other than that, we've not really been te- creating chances. Not I can't really remember many at Brighton, if we did any. I think there was a Sar chance that whizzed over in the first half. Troy yeah. Dini had a header in the second half. Uh, we, we had an offside goal ruled off. Mm-hmm. Um, Spurs... Not many chances created in that game either. And then yesterday, I think we only, we can only really really talk about two really chances for Watford Jester. Sissoko was the only shot on target from what I can remember. Mm. And then it was a cross that was just in front of Josh King. But we've really got to start creating chances and taking them um, yeah. because that's a massive issue now for me. Um, we've got two massive games coming up now against um, Norwich at and Newcastle. They're six-pointers already, aren't they? So early on into the season, but they're six-pointers. Yeah, they are huge. And it's crazy that we're talking about this, you know, having to take our chances. It wasn't long ago that I was proclaiming that this was the best forward line that we've had in the Premier League since we got re-promoted in 14-15 season. Yet, you know, Dennis has scored uh, and Chucho Hernandez has scored. And, you know, if you count the cup as well, Ashley Fletcher. But, um, you know, we, we've we only scored three league goals so far this season. And granted, there's teams in the league that haven't scored, um, you know, haven't quite scored three. But it, it's just poor. It really, really is. And something needs to change, whether it's a system change, whether it's uh, the personnel within the squad. Something needs to change within that squad. Because if we carry on playing like this... A, Cisco's going to find himself out of a job, and B, we're going to be going straight back down to the championship. And I, I really, I really fear for us if we go down again. I really, really do. We, we knew it was going to be a tough, tough season. Uh, we all know that Watford don't. Just, we're not guaranteed a spot in the Premier League at the end of a season. We, we all know that we have to. We got to deserve a spot at, come the end of the season um, for playing well and getting the, the right enough points. Um, no one warrants a place in this division. Um, we knew it was going to be tough. 
And Watford, they're just... I worry about them this season now. Mm. There's no creativity in the midfield. We've got no one to pick up the ball from our centre-backs. We're lacking that killer instinct in front of goal. Um, And then the manager as well is starting to worry me. Um, Look, Cisco is the loveliest guy um, I think you would would ever meet. Everyone can agree on that. He's got the warmest smile. But is he a football manager? Is well, not is he a football manager? It's probably a bit harsh um, saying that, but is he a Premier League standard manager? For me, he's he's not. Um, he's still early on in, in his career. I think he could develop to be a really good head coach. Um, but I think at the moment he's he's like he's starting to look a bit out of his depth. Yeah, well, we've we've had a few questions about this, and uh, we'll jump straight into that segment. You know, it's been a while since me and Ben have actually asked for any questions uh, from from you guys, the listeners. And as always, you you guys have absolutely you know hammered us with questions, which is good. That's what we want. Um, but that, let, that's the main one, basically. Ben is will Cisco last? Uh, you know, James Anthony said, "How long does Cisco have?" and um, Someone suggested here that even if we don't beat Norwich, he, he should be out the door. Uh, and this is a bold statement for me to make. Well, it might be to some, but it might not be to others. I think if we don't get six points from the Norwich and Newcastle, I think he's gone. Is it, what, what, what would you say on that matter, Ben? How long do you think Cisco has? I know what I'm saying. He's a bit out of his depth in that, but mm-hmm. I, I, I don't... I don't want to see a guy lose his job. Um, no, no. We, we, we all want it to see it work out for Cisco. It's just whether the Pozzos have the patience to try and make it work for him. Um, we're in an industry now where results matter. Um, I don't think you can maybe hang around too long um, because let's make let's be honest... Javi Gracia got four games and got sacked in the Premier League last time he was in the in the Premier League. Um, Cisco is going into his fifth game now, um, so maybe this 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 the Gino starting to look and start to scout a new manager. Because um, let's be honest, Watford have probably got a guy in mind already. Um, you would do, wouldn't you? You'd you'd look at each each month, maybe, wouldn't you? You'd you scout managers like you just like you scout players and Watford would probably have like a little short list of managers they would be looking to bring in for when it does eventually happen. I really want to see that short list because some of these managers that we find I'm like I I genuinely don't know who could be next I really don't Uh, and to to answer your question how long do I think he's going to have I think four points could be enough to save his job um, out of the okay. next two games. I think, but it depends as well. We've got a cup game in between that as well. Uh, we have, and and it's for me, it's performance as well. Performances haven't been good enough lately. Um, you wouldn't have minded if the performances were okay slash good. And then we ended up losing because then at least you got something to work on. I've not seen anything in these performances in the last few games to actually give me a bit of belief to think, yeah, we can turn the corner here. We've got two extremely tough games now against other teams who are fighting towards the bottom of the table who have both haven't won a game yet, I don't think. Norwich or Newcastle. Um, so I'm going to say that Gino might get itchy feet and he might make a move in the international break and Cisco might be leaving. Yeah. Uh, well, let's hopefully... I that... don't want it to happen, but no. I, I think maybe, yeah. I think yeah. maybe a defeat in the League Cup to Stoke, us maybe drawing to Norwich and winning against Newcastle. I think even if we win the Newcastle game, there could be a decision behind the board where we might be waving goodbye to Cisco. See, I, I think the Norwich one is the one that we have to win for yeah. me uh, if we lose we, we then something win, but, could happen then but uh, we have to beat Norwich simple as that they've scored one goal conceded 11 um, no points yet as I mentioned earlier the, the only team in the top four uh, English divisions not to pick up a point as of yet this season so we have to beat Norwich Newcastle I think is away as well um, uh, Newcastle's at home and Newcastle's at home so there we go 
another three points. We have to beat Newcastle at home. These are the, the I think you were saying um, on one of the pods a uh, couple of episodes back, these are the type of teams that we have to pick up points against, especially at home. So Cisco's got a great record against Norwich, two out of two. Our record against Norwich recently is brilliant anyway. So we need to beat Norwich. And for me, I think it might sound harsh, but six points. We have to get six points. I'm not bothered about the cup. You know, yeah, it'd be nice to go through. Uh, I wouldn't mind a cup run, but I'm not bothered about the cup. We have to get six points from these next two games. And maybe four points would be enough to save his sort of bacon. But I, I think anything less than four points. And I think Cisco could, could be out the door. Um, next question we'll take. Um, we, we sort of touched on this a, a little bit earlier, Ben. It, it, this has come from uh, Wendover Horn. And it's... If we persist with passing it out from the back, we need a ball carrier for Truce to pass to. Currently, it's going back and forwards between him and Sierra Elta until they find an opportunity, which is what you said earlier in the show. The job Hughes did is turf on that man, or tooth on that man, sorry. So do do you think that owes on tooth on? And you, you alluded to that, Ben, to be fair, because you said he sort of played in that role at Fenerbahce. Do you think he could be the man to sort of carry the ball forward and, and link up the, the, the defence to the attack? From the stuff I've, I've seen online, he looks like someone who's who's always wanting the ball. He, he looks like a guy who's not going to shy away from the ball. Um, he's not going to hide behind the opposition like Itubu did against Wolves. Um, and, oh my God, just hearing the name of Will Hughes, it's like... Oh. I wish we sorted out that situation because yesterday was another prime example of we missed that calibre of player. Um, yeah. And uh, and I know we've brought in two fan, but we've we've not seen him in the Premier League. Obviously, it might take time for to for him to adapt. Like it's yeah. it's taking um, Imran Luzer time to adapt, who didn't even come off the bench again yesterday. And he was our we spent the most money on him this season, didn't we? When we picked him up from. Um, Nance um, so uh, to answer your question yes I do think Tufan will be more comfortable picking up the ball it's just whether he's going to be up to the speed straight away when we need him we, we need him against Norwich do I think he's going to come in and start no I think Cisco's probably going to go with Itubo um, I'd start him yeah I would as well Um Hundred percent, I'd start him, but I think he's going to stick with the same midfield three. I think Sissoko is going to be one of the first names on the team sheet. Um, yeah. Then I think Itubo will be as well, and then it's just going to be if um, Kushka. Is that is that how you pronounce yeah, it? Yeah, nailed it. Nailed thought, it. Man. Thought I'd give it a go. Yeah, yeah. it's. Uh, I think Kushka is going to be the one who's going to be possibly the one coming in and out the side. Um, but hopefully, Tufan, when he does come in, he takes his opportunity and he doesn't really get taken by the occasion just like loser did away at Brighton mm-hmm. uh, we almost answered uh, a question then um, be- before I'd even asked it uh, James Hurst his first one Ben we've got we've got one of these questions again McDonald's or KFC well uh, I had McDonald's twice last week down at Butlins but I, I am craving a KFC now yeah. um, you KFC for me is when I do away days and I'm on, I'm driving to away days and I always stop off from the services and you can't be a KFC on the way home. Yeah. Um, so, so I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go KFC. Um, yeah. I, I do love their chicken. No, I, I I'm I'm in agreement on this one and I think to be honest, uh, looking at me you wouldn't think so, but um, I think McDonald's has gone down in my estimations massively. Uh, I, I don't think their food's any good. Um, and that's us not getting sponsored by McDonald's ever, ever, ever. Um, but James also asked, and again, we you, you sort of half answered the question, who from the starting lineup would you change and for who? Now, you said, we both said that we'd bring in Tufan instead of Esabo. Uh, we'd keep Sissoko and Kushka. What other changes, if any, would you make going into the Norwich game, Ben? I know it might sound a bit silly, uh, and a lot of Watford fans might not agree with me, but oh I'd possibly look to bring in Dan Goslin. Oh right, okay, that's come see, out of see nowhere. How, 
Well, look, I'm looking back to seeing how well he performed at Norwich away last season. He did, yeah. Um, Indeed. And let's be honest, we we all don't think Gosling's maybe a Premier League standard player, but I don't think Norwich are a Premier League standard team. Um, yeah. Maybe a Championship standard. So I think Gosling could do a really good job against uh, Norwich. So, and he would add something a bit different. I think Gosling would be more comfortable bringing the ball out from the back as well. Um, so I would possibly maybe throw in a wild card with Dan Gosling. Okay, okay. Uh, and that would be your only change other than two fan. Well, obviously, Joe Pedro comes back in if he's actually fully fit. It was good to see he's back to full training now um, with Watford. I, I was kind of hoping he was going to get a, a bench start um, at the weekend, but it, it was well, nowhere to be seen. So hopefully that, that's just a bit of precaution. They, they want to give him a bit longer to before throwing him back in because he did have a bit of a, a knee injury, didn't he, which would he take did. a bit of a while to recover from. And knee injuries he, are sore, aren't they, sir? They are indeed. Um, to answer another question, we, we sort of, we're, we're almost answering them before I've even asked them. You mentioned Joe Pedro there. Wendover Orn also asks, well, he says, we need JP10 in the side. Where do you play him? For Wendover Horn, it says, for me, behind the strikers as the number 10 <laughs> creating. So if you were to bring him in, would you play him as a nine? Would you play him in the midfield? Would you play him out on the, um, out on the wings? Um, we actually spoke about this at the start of the season or yeah, the end of last did, season. Yeah. We, we both agreed on this. We would play Joe Pedro in the number 10 role. I think that's where you're going to get the best out of him. He's not afraid to come deep searching for the ball. You can create opportunities with Joe Pedro as well. Um, you can see what he can do on the ball. He can score well deeds. He, he can assist. Um, we also saw him getting stuck into challenges last year when he actually got played in centre midfield for one of the games yeah. um, when when we were struggling for midfielders um, at the time. But yeah, I, I would play him in between the lines. I'd play him um, just behind the, the front man because um, I think we, we will probably carry on playing the um, free up, free, yeah, the 4 3 3 formation. But I, I would play Joe Pedro in the advanced free mm-hmm. um, just behind the. Josh King-like, um, I do think you'd get a lot out of Joe Pedro. And I'm really excited to see how Joe Pedro performs this year in the Premier League. Um, I, I love the guy. I've even got him on the back of my Watford shirt. Um, oh, okay. I rate him really highly. Um, it's a shame he started the season with an injury and he's, he's not performed as far. But uh, yeah, I think Joe Pedro is, is one to look for season. And if there is someone who's in this Watford side who, who's going to create chances for us because... We haven't got Zink and Eagle inside. Um, he's, he's been shipped out on loan. The only other player left behind, really, who who can create chances would be Joe Pedro. Yeah. Um, and then the last question, um, which, again, we've sort of touched on. Um, it's coming from Frederick Gus, uh, Gustafsson. And he says, when Cisco leaves, which will probably be <laughs> when? soon, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um do you think the club has learned to bring in an experienced coach who can build something or will they or will it be the first best cheap they can find? Now you sort of said earlier that you perhaps think they may have a short list of people and um, you know, looking at people all the time because as we know, when somebody gets sacked uh, there is usually a quick turnaround, so they've usually already had a conversation and it's come out in the past that they've sort of had someone agreed whilst someone's even still managing. So, Jude, can you see them going down another route of an unknown manager, Ben? Or do you think they've maybe learnt from the monstrosity that happens? As long as it's not Kiko Sanchez Flores. (laughs) Yeah, he's coming back for another stint. (laughs) His third stint, yeah. Yeah. Um, I just just hope we don't go back to a a former manager. Unless it's Javi Gracia, um, I wouldn't mind him coming back. I think he's would got. You, would you actually take Javi Gracia back? If, if would, well, like... I don't think he warrant the sack in the first place. Um, last time um, he got sacked too early on in the spell. I don't think he was backed enough in the transfer window um, either. Um, so I think he was kind of sold short. And then, yeah, for him to bring in Kika Sanchez for Flores was really puzzling. Um, so if if any if any manager was to come back for me it would be um, 
Javi Garcia, but I don't see it happening. I think he was quite hurt by the treatment that he actually um, got from Watford. Um, took us to an FA Cup final, for God's sake. And then he got sat after four games after he somewhere where he wasn't backed in the transfer market. I think it, Watford let him down and I think it's it's hurt him. So I'm not sure if he would want to come back or not. Um, might be a bit raw for him, but um, I, I would hope it would be more of a experienced head who maybe knows the league yeah um i've seen a few people throw out chris wilder um as in like a, a pearson-esque kind of appointment yeah i wouldn't personally i would not take chris wilder um, no I, I wouldn't either but i, I just feel like he, he he's similar to pearson where he he kind of gets everyone working in the same direction and they kind of gets everyone playing for the shirt because they're kind of passionate people, aren't they? Um, as long as it's not someone like Alan Pardew, yeah, or Alan <laughs> Pardew or Chris Hewitt, and I know he won't get it because he's bottom of a championship. But he's, like the old timers nah, who, <laughs> or Big Sam, I don't, I don't want these ancient dinosaurs coming back to you know, manage. You mentioned Big Sam. I can't remember what season. In fact, it was the season we went down. I would have took Big Sam instead of Nigel Pearson because 100% either kept us up. I don't know how they do it. Yes, it's boring football and that. I'm not saying keep him, but I would have took Big Sam instead of Nigel Pearson and I, I, I reckon he'd have kept us up. There might be people screaming at their phones or whatever they're listening to this saying, shut up, what the fuck are you going on about? But I, I would have took Big Sam. There's there's a few managers out there. I would just like someone to play good football, um, but then we need the, the good. We need the players to play good football, don't we? We need yeah. those creative players in midfield to make opportunities. Um, would Would you say no to like Eddie Howe? Um, uh, I would say no to Eddie Howe. Yeah. Would you? Okay, 100%. that's interesting. Don't like him at all. Is is it fraud of a manager? Is it because of a Bournemouth connection? or it, it might well be, but I just think that... I also think... If, again, if, he, was a, if he was appointed what for manager, you, you wouldn't be happy then? I wouldn't be happy, no. Um, and listen, you know, joking aside with the Bournemouth sort of stuff, yeah, the, you know, he's probably not high up in my estimations because he used to manage them lot. But I also, and again, this might be another thing that people think, what are you going on about? But I actually don't think that... This, I think he, his style of football will get sussed out too easily. And I don't think he was that good a manager. Yes, he did well with Bournemouth to keep him up for as long. I'm not having this fairy tale story with Bournemouth because that's a load of crap. We know why they've gone where they've gone in the amount of time that they've had. You know, nobody, everyone seems to forget that they're owned by a Russian billionaire uh, <laughs> who's pumping money into the club. So, you know, the Sky Sports, whoever, the media cover them. And they're like, oh, ain't it great? You know, Bournemouth have gone from rags to riches. And yeah, well, I think any club would if you pumped money in that they're having pumped in. And, you know, I'm sure as well they've broke FFP uh, rules. I think what I think I read They it did for well. a year they got oh. promoted with us. Yeah. But then because they was out of the EFL, they couldn't sanction any um, exactly. points deductions or fine because then there was a Premier League club. So yeah. they got away with it. Exactly. So nobody mentions that. Yeah, as soon as Watford get all these loanees from Udinese, Ian Holloway circles them all in, you shouldn't be allowed to do that, you know. <laughs> uh, and I'm like, mate, shut up, we'll just sign them all permanently, which we did, uh, and that shut everyone up. They've changed the loan market now because we exploited such a big loophole that Ian Holloway got it changed. It also made me laugh that a few years later, Ian Holloway signed one of those loanees on loan uh, from us when he was at Millwall. He, he signed Diego Fabrini at, at Millwall. Um, so, yeah, it, I've gone off on a massive tangent there. I've like reeled off so many things that have just been like reasons I why miss I those hate days. People. I miss I, those I, days of Udinese loans. Yeah, we haven't had an Udinese loan this season. Is that the first um, time since the Pozos have taken over? Uh, possibly, yes. Um, we... They've signed a fair few players as well. They've let big Stefan Okaka go as well. Yeah, he's, he's joined the Turkish side now, hasn't he? So. Yeah. They've That'd been be... signing a fair few players and they signed a full-back from Ren, I think it was, 
who we were linked with, they was reckons that Udinese was signing in and then the, he was going to be sent to us. But um, we've sent we've signed that 17-year-old and we're sending him to Udinese. So I think that's about, other than Isaac's success as well, sorry, that's about as much interaction as us and Udinese have had in this transfer window. Um, which to be fair, they they helped us out a bit with Uzan Tufan as well, because um, he he had to he couldn't come straight over to England from Turkey. So what he did, he he went over to Italy and he was actually on a training camp with Indonesi, and he's actually lost a bit of weight when he was at Indonesi as well, and he was training twice a day um, over there. And then it, since the international break, he's came back over to England from from there. So they've they've helped us out from there. Um, I read an article the other day with Adam Leventor and he goes into depth about it also. That was interesting to see that because of the connection between the clubs, Ozan Tufan went there and he, he was go- getting put through his paces to try and make him more ready for a Premier League. Yeah, I think I read somewhere that he'd lost two stone in a month or something and I was like, mm. immediately I was like, I need to find the guy that helped him lose two stone in a month because I uh, I could do with doing that. <laughs> i got a number of events coming up that I could really do without you know, uh, having to buy another suit. He, look, he looks like a big guy. Um, he does. Not, not, not as in... Uh, like I sort of looks Shaw-esque in terms of his... Kind of, yeah. I think he's more of a big build. I think he's yeah. quite tall as well. I was watching him warm up at the weekend. Um, and, yeah, he seems quite a stocky bloke. Um, I think it, he's going to add a bit more height into that midfield as well. And um, it, it's probably similar height to Kushka. Um, yeah. I do love that pronunciation now, mate. Kushka. Do you know, I, I I thought as soon as he said it, I thought that's going in the podcast straight <laughs> away. It'll and be I out of my head by tonight and I'll, I'll get it wrong for next week. <laughs> I, do you know what I should have done? I should have recorded it and then put it in the podcast. I should have been like, mate, listen, I do a what for podcast. Um, and he, I need yeah. to say... They could have introduced the show or something. Yeah, we could have done uh, I'll tell you what, next time in Solihull, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll keep an eye out for him. There might be regular visitors, I don't know. If we could do a feature. If you in Solihull last night, please get in touch. <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> yeah, to get a, get a feature of, uh, yeah. Friends of Kushka. <laughs> Absolutely. We'll get different pronunciations of the foreign players that we saw. Um, so, is Peter Etubu for right pronunciation? I am yet to bump into any Nigerians in Solihull Town Centre. Um, That's a shame. Uh, although, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm yet to bump into any. So, any Norwegians? Are we doing Joshua King, Joshua King? Okay, um, I would imagine Joshua King is okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. I've, I've... Dan- Daniel Backman is Backman for right pronunciation. Then any Austrians is... in Solihull? <laughs> I've not bumped into any. I'll, I'll be keeping a, a close eye out next time. Is it quite Solihull. a diverse place? Is it? It's quite a Solihull. lot of people. Yeah, full of Slovakians, mate. <laughs> no, uh, uh, that, that really surprised me that did uh, so yeah uh, it is quite a diverse place but I certainly didn't expect to bump into two Slovakians and uh, I hope they enjoyed their night but um, but yeah that's that, that's all we've we've got time for for this one it's it's, it's not as long as our, some of our ones have been um, which which is probably good for you guys don't have to listen to my accent and drone on and on and on and on Um but unfortunately, as, as, as I said at the top of the show, it's, it's not one where we've had to talk about an, another win for Watford, which is a shame. Uh, I am getting a little bit worried. Uh, hopefully, after Saturday, that the worries will sort of maybe ease off a little bit because we, we might be bumping up the table a little bit because teams around us keep losing as well. Nobody's mentioning that Leeds are yet to pick up. Uh, in fact, I think Leeds have picked up a po- three points already, but they're, they're we've got still... lead. We got leads after the international break as well. Yeah, it's at Ellen Road as well, I think. Yeah, so I'm not looking forward to that one. No, um, no, I'm, I'm not looking forward to that one at all. But um, yeah, hopefully the next podcast um, we we can sort of be a bit more joyous and we can talk about another win over Norwich because we 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 would have had then. How many podcasts? One, two, three, four podcasts about us beating Norwich. Can you believe that? When we started back up after lockdown and when this podcast first started. Oh, of course, Danny, sure Danny Welbeck. Yeah, yeah, Danny we Welbeck, did it We that. beat Norwich then. 
Uh, we beat Norwich twice last season. So hopefully this Saturday will be the fourth instalment of Watford beating Norwich. Uh, I oh, might even the call stat it. pack should be good this week, man. Uh, I'm looking forward to putting that together because there, there'll be some good ones. Um, and I've uh, also, I, people probably aren't this eagle-eyed, but I, uh, I didn't realise I'd done this until after the last Norwich podcast. And again, sorry, going a bit off um, off topic here, but the every podcast where we've beaten Norwich, the three that we've done so far, all have the same title. I've obviously gone to the pit and thought, oh, that's a good one. And then not realised that I've used it two times before. So they're all called the Hornets Sting the Canaries. So <laughs> if we win again, it's the Hornets Sting the Canaries part four. So that's what I'm going for title-wise. Now I've said all of this, we're going to lose. Of course we are. But um, no, in all seriousness, hopefully next week, myself and Ben will be back to talk about a victory for Watford against Norwich City. Uh, fingers crossed. But till then... Stay safe and take care and come on you ones. Sports Social Podcast Network.